Welcome to Don't Shrink Back, the podcast. Hebrews 10.39 says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. That's where the title Don't Shrink Back comes from. This podcast is designed to embolden you, encourage you, and let you know that there are other people out there who are standing up for what's right. They're taking moral stands, spiritual stands, cultural stands, and fighting back against what they see as wrong, fighting back against government overreach or for their faith or against any kind of mandates. These are the people who are making a difference. Check out don'tshrinkback.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, don't shrink back. On don'tshrinkback.com, you can find where we're located during the week where the videos appear of this podcast. So without further ado, let's get right into it. One of my heroes is Dr. Kelly Victory. I've gotten to know her over the last three years, the pandemic for three years, and she has been a champion. And since day one, she has just said, wait a minute, I got a question here. And for that, she was trashed by her community. Want to let you know she's board certified, a physician for three decades, although she doesn't look it. She's an expert in emergency and trauma, teaches. I mean, she's just an amazing woman. And so when she questioned the shot, the blowback she got it was just crazy. Doctor, welcome back. So good to have you. And you and I have talked many times before on my other platform, but happy to have you here. Don't shrink back. Well, thanks very much for having me, Heidi, and I appreciate those kind words. Yeah, well, when I was started to do this project, Don't Shrink Back, you're one of the first people I thought of because you have been so courageous. So talk about the very beginning, when you first started to have questions about the shot and the rapidity at which it was being developed, and you were just asking questions, and talk about the blowback you received and the questions you had initially. Well, to be clear, Heidi, I had questions way before the shots. You may recall, I had questions within the first days of the announcement of the pandemic back in January of 2020, uh, based on the response I was seeing from people at the helm in public health. When they started talking very, very early on that everyone was at risk, for example, and I had looked at the very early data and said, well, wait, this doesn't appear to be affecting everyone equally. Elderly people certainly seem to be getting quite ill, but young people, not at all. Uh, then very quickly, it moved on to the concept of wearing masks. And the idea of wearing masks to control a respiratory illness was unheard of. We've known for decades that that doesn't help to stop the spread of a respiratory virus. Then it went on to, they started talking about uh, sanitizing countertops and windowsills and bottles and shared. And so very, very quickly, and I mean within a matter of days and weeks, there was a response to this virus that was far out of proportion to what I believed was the actual risk or what we were seeing in the data. And it was completely out of line with what we have known for decades about respiratory illnesses. And this was well before, as you know, a vaccine ever even entered the scene. Then when they moved forward and started talking about lockdowns, which was again, within the first few months of the pandemic, 
that's when I really went very public and started sounding the alarm and saying, wait a minute, I smell a rat. What the heck is going on here? And that is something that has really been a cornerstone in medicine until uh, COVID-19 came along, until this pandemic. We always question things in medicine. It's part of our role as scientists. You're supposed to start with the null hypothesis. You're supposed to start with questioning everything, having a skeptical eye. Uh, and so I started that right out of the box and was shocked at the response that I got from not only the powers that be, the people who are guiding uh, the pandemic response, but from my own colleagues. Very, very quickly, people were, were calling me fundamentally a heretic, saying that I was a, you know, a quack, that what are you talking about? And I was somewhat apoplectic. I said, what do you mean, what am I talking about? You know, uh, masks don't stop the spread of a respiratory virus, right? But people all of a sudden were acting completely out of fear. It was as if uh, the, the propaganda of fear took over immediately. And even people who are scientists, people who should have known better, very, very quickly adopted this stance of, oh my God, we're all going to die. We better you know, follow these guidelines, stay in our basements, bathe in Purell, wear a mask, and hope to heck that somebody can develop a vaccine. It was very, very bizarre. Now, what do you think caused that? Do you think it was a lack of history, not understanding what's happened in pandemics in the past, just ignoring what they know, believing they're betters, maybe not at the end of a long day wanting to take the time to do the research like you did? 80% of doctors I've heard you say work for large corporations. Maybe they didn't want to uh, do anything but toe the company line. What do you think contributed to that? I think it was multifaceted and very, very well choreographed. This came from all sides. It started at the top with the public health officials, people like Anthony Fauci and the people at the CDC, the NIH, the WHO. And then they had the complete and total buy-in because they fundamentally own the mainstream media. So they right. got the mainstream media to parrot everything they were saying. Then on top of it, they had the buy-in and the collusion, frankly, of big tech. So anything anyone was able to uh, access online was highly filtered. So even a thinking person who would go and say, well, I'm going to Google this, or I'm going to look into this myself, wouldn't have been able to find any alternatives, any uh, other theories out there, not only about where the virus came from, but who was at risk, whether or not the masks would work. So I was really one of the only voices out there using my social media platform, which at the time was only YouTube and Twitter, to try to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's gone very much off the rails here. We aren't doing things that make sense. We are defying what's in the best interest of the public. We are absolutely, uh, you know, have abandoned the, the most fundamental concepts of public health, which is that we are obligated to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire public, not just on one individual with one virus. But I was very easy to shut down because when you're a lone voice and when you are only on different social media platforms that are being controlled uh, by larger powers, it's pretty easy to shut you up. And that's what they did. So not only was I censored, silenced, kicked off ultimately, kicked off most social media. I got kicked off of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and for over a year was off Twitter. 
but they started running hit pieces. There were slanderous articles written about me in mainstream newspapers. Anytime I would make a television appearance, there would be people marching out and saying preposterous things. She's not even a doctor or she didn't go to medical school or God only knows what other craziness. And it was really hard to fight back because the public was so hungry to believe that. They were saying, yeah, see, this heretic needs to be burned at the stake. Um, it became a witch hunt. And it took a long, long time, Heidi. We are three plus years into it now. And just now you are finally seeing actually a larger number of scientists and doctors willing to speak out. Those first months, the first year and a half, two years were really, really lonely. Yeah, it's really tough. And there were so many people, as you mentioned, kicked off social media. You were kicked off Twitter for daring to post. I love this. And correct me if I'm wrong here for daring to post stats that insurance companies had cited. Yeah. You, you've never yeah. said I've never seen you say one thing that was opinion that wasn't based on, you know, your education, your right. experience. This was just re, you know, reposting something they had posted. And now we know the extent of the Twitter manipulation. Now we're only really understanding it. Thank God to some people who've done some research on this. It's just insane what's happened over the last couple of years. I don't think they're done with us. Are any of your <laughs> colleagues apologizing now? Because I used to use the hashtag right side of history. I know you still do sometimes. And it's nice to feel, I don't know, to feel vindicated in some ways, although none of us are happy about what's happened with the shot, certainly. But is anybody apologizing to you? And I wish I'd known then what I know now. Are you hearing anything like that? Interestingly, not amongst physicians, no. Oh. And cognitive dissonance is a very, very powerful defense. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't want to believe that they've been duped. Uh, Mark Twain said it's far easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled. Oh, yeah. Interestingly, the people who have apologized to me are some friends and people who now, uh, many of them, three, four, five vaccines into it, many of whom have had adverse events, who are saying, wow, I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, Kelly. I, I believed it. I did it. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd listened to you. Uh, I, there are many people I know who uh, took the vaccines, for example, because they wanted uh, the convenience of being able to travel, continue to attend school, not have to fight for their jobs, those sorts of things. And many of them now have regrets. Uh, there's been nothing more divisive that I've seen in my entire life than this pandemic. The, the, everything from mask wearing to social distancing to your stance on lockdowns and certainly vaccines has absolutely driven you know, a, a wedge in many, many close-knit communities, families, friendships that have been lifelong where people are no longer speaking to one another. Absolutely. It's really, really tragic. And it goes far beyond. This is not across party lines. This is not political. No. Uh, we had enough division between the right and the left in politics, but this is going down along whether or not you were willing to wear a mask, the virtue signaling. If you wear a mask, it's because you're a good person. If you don't, it's because you're selfish or you don't care for others. If you got vaccinated, that's because you're a good person or virtuous person. If right. you didn't, it's because you're reckless. Um, those sorts of things. And there are many people now, despite the overwhelming evidence of these vaccine failures, the fact that they not only aren't effective at stopping you from contracting COVID, they actually increase your chance of getting COVID, but they certainly aren't safe. And we have a tsunami of adverse events uh, in the wake of this thing. And even with that, many, many people are not willing to back down. 
Yeah, it's so interesting how that whole thing has happened. I'm sure you feel the same way I do. Before the pandemic, if you had told me or asked me to put my friends in a column, I'm going to put you in column A, that you're yeah. going to buy this hook, line, and sinker, not even ask questions. And no matter what, no matter what, how they change the science, you're going to still go along with it. And then I'm going to put other people in column B. Boy, would I have been wrong about some of the yeah. people. Boy, you know, I have I have friends and family who wouldn't dare eat a genetically modified tomato. You know, they wouldn't <laughs> dare give their child a non-organic carrot. Right. Um, you know, they wouldn't absolutely would never be caught dead with, you know, a purchase of fast food. Yet they were the first ones to roll up their sleeves and take a, you know, genetic therapy that had been tested for about five minutes for a virus from which they had fundamentally no risk, significant risk at all because they were young and healthy. It was stunning to me that people left common sense and critical thinking at the curbside. The propaganda machine was so, so successful. And I had many, I defended myself against seven separate uh, complaints against my medical wow. licenses in various states. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, just because they finally, you know, they drop the allegations and say, okay, you know, we agree, there's nothing to see here. It takes weeks and weeks, hours of time, unbelievable resources, unbelievable money to put together, you know, the response that's required by the board. It's incredibly debilitating from a psychological perspective. It's physically exhausting. And I was successful each time, but the people who are raising these quote concerns or these allegations know that they are doing it to try to chip, you know, chip away at you. They know that the vast majority of physicians will do exactly what they, what, you know, they did, which is, you know, sort of get, you know, be quiet, shut up, get along, don't rock the boat and just, you know, wear your mask and remove every other chair in the waiting room and all of this other silliness. And I had many physicians say to me in private, you know, I know it, it doesn't work or I know it doesn't really make sense, but what's the harm? And my response was, the harm is huge. Right. You are allowing your patients, their families and the public to believe that what they're being told it makes any sense or is the right path for us to be on. Don't do it. If you know better, then don't buy into it because it does tremendous harm. It undermines the public trust in your, in your judgment, in your medical education, and in public health in general. Right. Nowhere in history has ev any shot been good for everybody, right? Everybody no. can take a shot. And then you get these doctors, and I know you do a lot of TV, but you get these doctors who go on TV or people on the radio, people in my business, let's not talk about that, who've said, get the shot. For First of all, they're not doctors. And even if they were, you're not the personal physician of every one of your listeners. Right. I mean, that had to drive you crazy as a doctor. Absolutely. It was very funny because all of a sudden, all of these uh, pundits and people on, on the news who couldn't have pronounced the word hydroxychloroquine, you know, two <laughs> weeks previously are all of a sudden experts. I've said many times during the pandemic, Heidi, that I hope that the next crisis involves something like international commodities pricing or, or something, something I know nothing about so that I can weigh in incessantly and argue with people who have advanced degrees in that uh, and post on social media, what idiots they are and how smart I am. I mean, it just, I have a strong, long background in public health. Health, experience in previous pandemics, um, certainly understand virology and infectious disease. 
And I knew from the beginning, as I said, that the response from a public health perspective was the wrong one. I would submit to you that these were not errors that were made during this pandemic. Everything, again, from the masks to social distancing to lockdowns to the vaccines, these were not errors. You were lied to. They lied. They knew everything I knew. I knew what I knew, not because I'm a good guesser, not because I had a crystal ball, not because I you know, somehow made a wild prediction that the virus would mutate to a very mild form or that children would be fundamentally uh, not at risk or that the vaccines would fail miserably. I didn't guess those things. I based it on decades and decades of experience and scientific literature, studies. They knew it too. So don't think for a minute, I absolutely will not allow people the cop-out of, yeah, but they didn't know then what we know now. Yes, they did. The science didn't change. It has always been there. And I would submit to you that they, including all of the pharmaceutical manufacturers, they knew they had access to the data. They hid it from the public and they lied. One of the things, Dr. Victory, that was so upsetting to me was this idea that everybody else had to have a shot in order for you to be safe. I mean, since when in human history has every kid on the playground had to have a shot before you're safe? Everyone in the office. Those are some of the crazy things that people believed over the last couple of years. Well, you're right, Heidi. There's nothing in medicine that doesn't come down to a risk-benefit analysis, meaning you have to weigh the risks to an individual from any particular disease or surgery or uh, treatment and weigh that, you know, those risks to the potential benefits for that person. And when you take huge groups of people, certainly children, and I use that term quite loosely, meaning healthy people under the age of 30 or even 40, their risk from COVID was almost zero. Young, healthy people were not getting significantly ill, certainly not being hospitalized or dying. So the idea that they would need a vaccine for this was ridiculous. There's a reason we don't even give, for example, shingles vaccines to people, you know, when they're younger, or we don't give, you know, not everybody gets a yellow fever vaccination because you have no risk of significant illness from it or getting uh, contracting it at all. Likewise, there's no reason that everybody should have been in line to get a COVID vaccine. Then there's natural immunity. We know that upwards by the CDC's own estimation, by the early 2021, they estimated that more than 85% of all children had already had and recovered from COVID. So we knew that they had natural immunity and likely didn't ever need a vaccine or certainly not anytime soon, let alone three or four. We knew early on that we had highly effective, readily available, safe, inexpensive drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, prednisone, steroids, to treat this illness if people did become significantly ill, yet they put the absolute kibosh on that. We weren't even allowed to talk about those things again, or you'd be banned from social media or lambasted or ridiculed, uh, derided, lose your license for even talking about those things because if we were able to show how effective those medications were, they would never have been able to get the emergency use authorization for these brand new vaccines that had not been tested. 
you know, now here we are three years into it. And we have, as I said, overwhelming, irrefutable evidence of harm from the vaccines. Many people are calling for them to be recalled entirely from the marketplace, but I fear that the damage has been done. We, we don't have great statistics to know exactly how many people have been vaccinated in the United States, but it's likely that more than 80% of Americans have had at least one shot. And when you are talking about the kinds of adverse events that we are seeing, everything from not only myocarditis and fertility issues, neurologic complications, autoimmune issues, but huge increases in cancer rates, um, it is really very, very concerning to me what we are going to see in the next decade or two with regard to the overall health and wellness of the population. Right. And that's what we did not know at the beginning. Some of that we did not know. We knew it was going to be bad. I certainly don't have your knowledge, but we knew it was going to be bad. We didn't have any idea. I don't think how bad, did we? Well, I had pre the, the problem with mRNA um, is that it is unpredictable. We have never ever had a safe and effective mRNA vaccine used, despite what they may say about this one. In the past, everyone that was tried failed miserably in the animal trials. This is the first one that was rolled out to humans, again, with a paucity of safety data behind it. They didn't even have one year safety data, uh, let alone, you know, 24 month, 48 month, you know, 72 month safety data. Most vaccines take well in excess of six to eight years to come to market if they ever make it at all. And part of the problem is the use of the mRNA, which is to code for people to make these toxic spike proteins with no off switch. Uh, they have no idea for how long you will continue to do that. They lied about where the spike proteins would go. They lied about where the mRNA would go. And I say lie because they knew before right. the vaccines were rolled out, they had the data. They had done those studies and they knew that the mRNA ended up in essentially every major organ system. And they knew that it was not eliminated quickly from the body. They knew that those spike proteins ended up in all the major organ systems and they lied to the American public about it. Just one of the many, many lies we've heard over the last three years. Well, God bless you, Dr. Kelly Victor. You've been one of my heroes. I mean, it's not easy. The the uh, hits you've taken from so many people personally, professionally, God bless you. You've continued to stand. I'm so happy to talk to you. And I'll put all the information about your website, earlycovidcare.org. Uh, I'll put all that information in the description here. And thank you for being here again. And thank you for being a bright light. Well, thank you. I, I've said from the beginning, uh, to quote John Milton, virtue untested is no virtue at all. Mm. Uh, and I believe that. Uh, it has uh, not been a pleasant ride, but I would not do anything differently. I think had more physicians been willing to speak up, been willing to take the risk to do the right thing, I don't think we would have been in as bad a way as we ended up. I'm hoping now that more people are empowered to ask questions, uh, to say never again will we allow ourselves to just be uh, bowled over by the panic and fear that's fed to us by the mainstream media ask questions, be skeptical, do your own research, and, you know, in the end, do what is best for you and your family. Absolutely. Thank you, doctor. So great to have you. Thanks for having me, Heidi.
That's Dr. Kelly Victor, who's been an absolute champion for the last three years. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter, Don't Shrink Back, on Facebook, Don't Shrink Back, and go to don'tshrinkback.com. If you've got somebody you'd like to suggest as a guest for the show, someone you think is a real cultural, spiritual, moral hero, please let us know at don'tshrinkback.com. Until we meet again, remember, God's in charge of all this. Don't panic. And don't forget to not shrink back. Do not let them run over you. I'm Heidi Harris. 